This episode of Bend the Knee is brought to you by our bannermen, Lord Jason of House Ross, Lady Amanda of House Richardson, Lord Adam the Young Bull of House Parker, Sir Peter of House Whittingham, Sandy the Dragon, Blood of Queen Daenerys, and Lady of Jameson, Lord Nelson of the Long Isle, Sir Joshua of House Ross, Lady Liz of House Hendricks, Sir Matthew of House Perry. This podcast is protected by Lord Hunter the Foulmouthed, Lady Amanda of House Ryan, Lady Rajal of House Stevens, Sir Ron of House Golson, Lord Robert the Unfrozen of House Butler, Lord Paramount of Skagos Island. Hello and welcome to Bend the Knee, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir Matt the Bud Knight, Fist of the Dragon, Maker of Gains. And I am Sir Ezra the Watchful, Stealer of Hearts, Bandit of Time, Hero of Shreve. Welcome to our Song of Ice and Fire book club. Uh, Today we are discussing The Faceless Men, The Maesters, and Marwyn the Mage. Yes, Sir Ezra. Merry Christmas. Hey, man. Thanks, buddy. You know? Yeah. You know, uh, we did this last year where we didn't do a regular episode. We did kind of a big extended theory. Last year, we were talking about the Lothston Shield. Um, This year, we're doing Marwyn the Mage, one of Sir Ezra. I got to kind of pick last year, so this year, Sir Ezra gets to pick. Yeah, yeah. This this one just sort of, uh, we've been beating around the bush on it, talking about it, and I just kind of figured... Let's just go crazy, you know. Let's do it. Yeah, let's just go crazy. So, um, it's a do it. It's do it, man. And dude, I, I, I mean, it's obviously it's Christmas Eve yeah. that we were recording yep. this. It's going to air tomorrow morning. Um, anything you know? You're excited? Anything you're excited for for Christmas that you're you're possibly you 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 know some presents you're expecting? Anything? What you know? Dude, what are you? Here's the what, thing. What's going on? I, I first of all, it is foggy as all get over here. You know, it's just it's crazy, man. It's like. There's one foggy Christmas Eve. Yeah, man. Rudolph has got his like, you know, work cut out for him. It, it's crazy. Um, but uh, no, I'm, I'm just excited to kind of uh, I'm going to go watch my niece and nephew um, for a little bit in the morning and then hang out with my sister and just some family and stuff. And I mean, it's a pretty chill. It's going to be a pretty chill uh, mm-hmm. Christmas morning. So not not much. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, just, you know, hanging out, just doing that sort of thing. Real easy going. I'm not one of those people who travels to like five different Christmases and stuff. I mean, there was a few, you know, uh, holiday parties I went to, and I think you just, you just got back from one. I, I just got back from one. Uh, wow. A uh, lot of food. Um, great people. You know, it's fun, man. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, are, are you planning on doing it? You guys got a tradition? What are you doing? I mean, anything? Uh, it was kind of a, I went to a friend's, um, Christmas is not really Friendsgiving. Uh, we did it last year as well. Uh, last year, I had, I had man, I went to like fourteen Christmas parties in the span of uh, like twenty days, and I was sick. I was really sick last year. Yeah. Um, this year, I feel a lot better. Uh, but you know, same thing that happened last year happened this year. I don't know what it is. Every mm. holiday season, my pants shrink and the scale breaks. Okay, <laughs> I just I don't get it. I don't understand. But every year it's the same thing. Something's so, up. like clockwork. Yeah, something's up, man. The Illuminati are out here. Yeah, okay, dude, it's something. 
It's I don't. I just don't get it. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't get it. There's something about it. Um, it's weird. No. And then tomorrow's gonna be chill. Just small little uh, Christmas gathering. Um, kind of my girlfriend's uh, mom's side of the family. So it's gonna be like, it's like eight of us. So real chill. Yeah. Which is not what I'm all about. And then, uh, doing one final kind of Christmas thing, um, with her dad's side of the family on Saturday. But really, it's more just gonna be a big epic. College football playoff Saturday, OH. Yeah, I.O., buddy. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, did you see in the group that I said that? And I, there were a handful of people that said they shouted. Like, they, uh, <laughs> no they way. said that uh, Jason, Jason, Ro- Jason Ross was one of them. He said, uh, he said, man, he's like, he's like, I just, I said it out loud. Like, yeah, he was listening yeah. to us at work. He was listening to us at work and said it out loud. He said, people looked over at him. <laughs> oh, that's, that's great. That's what and we want. Lady, Lady, Lady Amanda was another one who, who said it as well. And I'm sure maybe there were, there were more as well. So, yeah. Yeah, certainly rooting for the, the Buckeyes over Clemson. Yeah. Um, I mean, who isn't, right? I mean, exactly. Okay. You know, Good I mean, guys I'm just saying. Bad guys. Right. One team played five ranked opponents. The other played one. Okay, so let's just get that. Yeah, let's just get that out of the way. Then the other game, LSU, Oklahoma. So looking forward, looking forward to those. I I got money. I got I got LSU winning and I got the Ohio State University winning. So, yeah, that should be. Yeah, that'll be fun. This is a good time to catch up on some of the football and stuff. But you know what else, man? Mm -hmm. Last. So just last week. Uh, and then going into this week, I actually forgot. I think tomorrow I'm going to go watch, if I can, the theater opens up around here uh, for a little bit, The Rise of Skywalker. Again? Yeah, dude. I'm going to go again. How many, time, how many times have you seen it? I've only seen it twice, so this will be just the third time. I'm going to go with my dad. I've only seen it once, but I got to go. I'm in, I, am, I, am planning on, I am planning on a second showing. Yeah. We've got friends who've, gone, who've seen it like double digits. Nine times. Yeah. So, Our friend Lindsay Gadotti over at Clashing she's Sabres, up to ten. Star Wars podcast. Sheesh. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, also um, I am going to start start my watch uh, maybe tonight after we're done recording, and certainly um, tomorrow and here in the next few days, uh, The Witcher. That's yeah. coming out. Ezra and I. So people, a lot of people asked us if we wanted to, if we were going to cover it, um, and we are. Ezra and I are going to cover that over on my video game podcast, Box Trick. There's links in there. Uh, we were, I was initially thinking we were going to do episodic, but I don't know if we're going to do that. Uh, there's just kind of t- there's there's a lot of stuff going on with the holidays and uh yeah, yeah. obviously we're really busy uh with star wars stuff and yep our other podcast uh launches today, today. actually we said january 1st but the, there's a prologue surprise the horn the wheel of time podcast launches today episode is out <laughs> currently so over here at not a jokes productions guys we are just moving along yeah. but um yeah. but today we're gonna be talking some marwin the mage uh, Ezra and I have been just been diving, man. I've been really. It feels good, actually. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like now we're 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 just we're back in the books. We're back into theorizing. Season eight is is come and gone. Yep. Um, whether pe- for better or for worse for some people, um, and now I'm just uh, waiting. Yeah. For the winds of winter. Oh, I know, man. And, and so with that, you know, kind of what we decided to do here is. A lot of times we take a look back at like summer hall and historical events. We try to tie them into the main series and and even see if they're going to influence it in some way. But really, I think this year, you know, uh, from now moving forward and even on our our Patreon series or whenever we drop one of these on the main feed, it's probably going to be more centered around like, I guess, theorizing what could be happening with our characters going into the winds of winter, you know? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like what's at, what's at stake and all that kind of stuff because there's just so much. There's so many people who it's so different from the show, and mm-hmm. we also had some fun yeah. a couple months ago, like trying to put show and book together and saying how do we get to mm-hmm. something similar. So, mm-hmm. and we have more. We have certainly more of that coming as well because there are some characters. Yeah, the big one for me is is John Connington, right? And I, we talked about this before in some episodes um, a couple months ago when we were doing that. But he's a character who he's the one who has grayscale, not um, Jorah Mormont. Mm-hmm. So, what's Jorah doing in the in the books if if that's John Connington who's there or? Um, so yeah, that's yeah. where you, that's where, you, and then how does John Connington get there based upon where we know he is? So some of the merging you see with those characters where, how, if that is how they're going to get there, um, based on where they're at in the books with all this extra stuff, is it going to be the same, right? right? Are we, are we going to get possibly some more hints with Daenerys that, um, could cause her to kind of turn and, and, and. And do you know go what, crazy. what she does there? At, at, at go crazy, kind of as as she does. Um, there's definitely foreshadowing in the in the show. But remember, at this point in the books, she hasn't burned down. Um, yeah, you know, she she didn't she hasn't burned down. Vase. No, no, wait, wait. Excuse me. Am I am I saying something entirely stupid here? Am I having no, a no, 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 no. Walk- well, yeah, an unwatchful moment, maybe. No, no. I know what you're saying though. She hasn't gone and done all the, all the different. Um, she's right. done a few things where she's like. Over in Slaver's Bay, right? So she's uh, exactly yeah, crucified yeah, exactly, exactly, all those yes. different people and stuff. Yes, you know. Yes, 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 yeah. So there's a little bit of it, um, right? But I think there's going to be much more, right? There's going to be more, and obviously the Battle of the Bastards hasn't happened yet. Jon Snow's still dead. Mm-hmm. Um, is his resurrection going to be different? Mance Raider is still alive. Yeah. So that's kind of where we're going to be going. I think in 2020, outside of just the main reread with some of our Patreon content and some of the bigger theories, Raven's Nest stuff like that. That's all um, going to be coming. 2020 is going to be a big year, by the way, for us. Uh, I feel oh, dude, me many, too, yeah. many, many, many great things coming. So yeah, yeah. Um, and so actually, a good segue, I guess, into what we're talking about today. One of the things when you looked at the show, the faceless men and like the house of, um, you know, black and white, like there, like there's no, uh, you know, Arya is trained there and she comes back and she uses that skill, I guess. And you could say ultimately she uses that skill to take out, um, the, the lead white Walker, the, the night King, if you will. Um, we were just talking before we started recording this. We don't think that maybe is going to be the same way. We're not so sure that it's going to be Arya in, in the book series. It, it could be, and that'd be cool. Could be. Um, but we, we almost wondered if maybe the showrunners did this because they didn't really know exactly. They, they weren't given specific details, and so they thought, what mm-hmm. would George do? Uh, his wife's favorite character is Arya. Let's go with that. Yep. So yeah, and because it's, yeah, exactly because maybe because George isn't going to do isn't going to do that in the books, they chose to go with Arya. So yeah, that's yeah, that's certainly some validity uh, to that that statement that argument. Yep. Okay. Um. So here we go, I, man. I'm just going to take my time with this. This is uh, this. Go right ahead. This, this is crazy. Stuff. This is your this is your baby here. Yeah. You've been we've been working on this doc. Has been wanting to talk. Uh, you know, Marlon the Mage for quite some time. So yeah, and, and so it, uh, it's sort of a combination. I'm just gonna it's, I'm it's, just gonna sit back and listen. Well, hey, I'll tell you. Here's the thing: when you have that um, that Reddit post, I put a comment in our doc here where it just kind of if you scroll down, you'll see um, where let me think here where you talk about the Maesters kind of like taking Absolutely, over everything. Yeah. So we'll come to that in, in just a second. Um, I've kind of taken several different theories and uh, different speculation and merged them all into just one episode because. I think it'll be interesting. Um, and maybe some of you who haven't heard 
some of the stuff about the Faceless Men, Jackin, Marwin, the Maesters. Maybe this will be kind of cool for, for, for you guys. If you have heard some of this, then just bear with us. I think there'll be pieces that are somewhat new, um, and we have our own kind of spin. We're going to put our own commentary on a lot of this, too. So uh, we'll see how this goes. So here's the thing. Um, there's an interesting character. This all started because there's an interesting character, Marwin the Mage, who at the end of A Feast for Crows, I, like, he's interesting because 25 years ago, or however many years ago it was, like when um, A Game of Thrones came out, like he's mentioned. He's mentioned as someone that Miramazdur is like studied under and possibly uh, like learned healing uh, from him. Um, we know that she's she's in dabbles in some blood magic. So it's like that's an interesting guy. Why haven't we gotten more on him? Why is it taking this long? It was an idea that was in George's mind, and it's just now sort of, you know, in this um, – it, it, it took a while for, I guess, us to meet this character. And so we're kind of like exploring him. Um, we're also exploring the the idea that the Faceless Men, um, you know, th- there's there's more than just one. We often foc- focus on Jacken and we think of him, but I think there are others. And or we, we know that there are others, but like where do we see them in the series and where are they making their attacks and, and all that stuff? And also we think of them as only assassins. But I, I would say, uh, Sir Matt, that they're not just assassins. They also are information gatherers. Like they, yes, right. I mean, they're yes, almost they like are. spies, at, like like to some degree. Like when they set up an assassin, you, well, you, yeah. you have you have to be. You right. can't just willy nilly go in there and assassinate people. Right. Exactly. Well, and so one of the games that um, that Arya learns while she's studying there is how to tell the truth. You know, and how to tell if someone is lying, um, and also how to tell a lie. Uh, and, and, and all of that, and to, to tell a lie and make it believable, make it seem like it is the truth, and, and trick somebody else who is playing the same game into believing that you told the truth. So, I don't know, it's just a um, fascinating little <clears throat> society there. So, golly, okay, where to start with this? So, the, the, the Faceless Men, I wanted to talk about their origins just a little bit so we have some understanding that this society kind of originated from the slave mines of Valyria. And you can find a lot of this in the wiki. It's just outlined there. Um, but prior to the founding of, of Bravos, um, there was this, essentially this society, perhaps, there in the slave mines. And the, the I'm just going to read this here. So, so the tale of its beginnings centered around a figure un, of unknown origin who was the first faceless man. Uh, this man heard the prayers of the slaves to their various gods and came to conclude that they all prayed to the same God with a hundred different faces, the many faced God, uh, and that he was that God's instrument. This led to him giving the first gift to the most desperate slave. Later, the faceless man discovered another slave uh, praying fervently for his master's death. He granted the prayer in exchange for the slave, joining him in serving the many faced God. So someone requested a death, they had a name, and that was granted, but you had to then join up. So, sounds like a cult, okay? <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yes, it does. But, you know, it's, it's, it's a society. Um, they, it, so, so, but it kind of was born out of this place where these were slaves to um, what would have been like the Targaryen family. Imagine the Targaryens being back in Valyria um, with their dragons and all of that. So I would make the case that the but we know that Bravos is founded by a bunch of former slaves and stuff. It's the it's this, you know, free city. Um and I, I would say that they're almost anti that 
you know, Targaryen or anti-dragon or anti, um, well, Valyria for sure. So, so that's that's kind of just a little setup there for that with with the faceless man. And I'll, this is all going somewhere. I, I promise. <laughs> um, another thing that we want to kind of set up here is that you remember we just did this not too long ago. So in a Game of Thrones, um, Sir Matt, they actually set up an assassination. Like they 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 talk about, I guess. Setting up an assassination of Daenerys Targaryen using the faceless yes. men, right? Yes, they do. Yeah, in game in Game of Thrones, it's when Eddard kind of storms out when he's having the conversation with Robert. They're they're that's what mm-hmm. they're talking about. And then one actually does maybe not a faceless man, but there is an assassination attempt on her life. Right, exactly. And so the crazy thing that's they they kind of they're again they're introduced um, right there in the beginning. I think it's really important to remember what was introduced in a Game of Thrones and how that pl- must have played a big role into what you know, George was planning and thinking all along. So, yeah. Um, let's see. So he's talking about this. I got some quotes here. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, Ned bowed and turned on his heels without another word. Um, he could feel Robert's eyes in the back of uh, his head there as he strode from the council chambers. The discussion resumed with scarcely a pause. On Bravos. there is a society called the Faceless Men, Grand Maester Pycelle offered. Um, do you have any idea how costly they are? Littlefinger complained. You can hire an army of common sellswords for half the price, and that's for a merchant. So if you were to kill a merchant, you could hire uh, an, an, an army of common sellswords for half the price. Um, I don't dare think that they, uh, I don't want to think about what they would ask for um, in, in terms of payment if we were to kill a princess, you know? So. Um, we know that they're kind of maybe anti, I'm saying this and you can argue with me and I, I look forward to hearing people's comments, um, that, <laughs> that they are, um, anti Targaryen, uh, maybe anti, um, just Valyrian in general, uh, maybe anti dragon. And they, they would, they charge a lot, you know, that their services are not easily acquired. So, right. Yeah. Um, Littlefinger actually goes on to kind of say he eventually convinces like, hey, we'll just offer some some reward. Um, we'll let somebody kind of, uh, you know, give it a go. And it might be it's not as precise. It's not as guaranteed. And he kind of says to Eddard like that. He almost did a favor to Daenerys. Had they have hired a faceless man to kill her, surely she would have died. And right. I mean, that it's almost like they are like, like you're going to if you're going to pay that much, Sir Matt, then then you're going to get what you paid for. Yeah, I mean, we. I don't think we've seen them fail, have we? Other than maybe Arya. Yeah, and again, she her being a novice and kind of learning. She's the She's training. Yeah. She's in training, right? Right, right, right. Exactly. So, okay, so there's just some setup to this, and we're gonna focus on on Jack and Hagar, uh, and and um, really what's going on with him. <laughs> this will then take us into the Maesters, because where I believe Jackin is currently in the series, um, I, I believe he's at the Citadel. And I believe he is a character uh, that we know as Pate. And we'll talk about that here in a second. So we know he has the ability to change his face. Dude, when I started looking into these theories about Jacken, did you know there are, there are, a, it's actually, um, there are things we've never talked about on this podcast that, that are out there about, about like, um, you, you know when he shifts his face with Arya and he, mm-hmm. he changes there? Some people have gone on to say that that's not just a, because you know we we see them wearing faces and we think of them like applying right. a face and stuff. It's something. It's something beyond that. Yeah, people are saying that perhaps either 
that that's maybe how it starts out with the Faceless Men, and then it evolves to where they actually then are just magic users. And other people say it's a glamour, you know, and that it could be a glamour that we see. Um, but we don't know. We don't, I don't see him taking any token on or off. It just seems like he has the ability to merge his face or just change it, contort it, whatever, right in front of her. So I thought that was kind of interesting. And another big one, because we just covered this a couple weeks ago. A lot of people... Um, are of the belief that the Jacken, and I don't actually agree with this, but I, I can kind of see where people are going with this, that the Jacken who Arya speaks to first is not the same, is not a faceless man. That the faceless man was outside of the cage and was traveling. And then takes and then takes Jacken. Yes, because, face. because Jacken is laying, like, um, later on in the cage, he's laying unconscious um, and, you know, possibly burned or whatever. And that they then, you know, uh, assume his identity and step out. And one of the things they say is that they... That, that would be cool. That it, would be super right, cool. Right, it, it would be. Um, they also kind of indicate that, well, maybe, you know, he didn't... Um, the Jacken that's initially speaking to her doesn't recognize that she's a girl. But my counter is, I don't... Even if he did recognize it, what benefit does it um, do him to mention that? Even if he notices that she is a girl, but he calls her a boy, right? Um, I don't really know that that, that matters. That well, much. I th- yeah, and I th- I think he I think he does it because he well he knows it, and also um, I think that there is something. That's why I'm a big bigger believer in the idea of Serio being Jackin. Yeah, and that th- there's a bigger that they specifically go after Arya, not like go after her, try to kill her, but they it's almost kind of like the Blood Raven brand thing. Right where it's yeah. the, the, here's maybe somebody that they see as a potential to be very powerful in their order, for sure. Yeah, you know, and that, I will watch your I will watch I'll watch your career with great interest. Exactly, you know? and actually, really interesting is that I think the ability to shift into something or to to warg or whatever skin changing, if you will, or whether it's warging, whatever you want to call it, with Arya, we know that she's dreaming and she's often you know connected with Nymeria. Um, I think that that ability or having that um, maybe magical property in your blood makes you a better candidate for this society to become Absolutely. one of the I think, I think, yeah. I think I think it does too. So, so you could be right. I don't, yeah. I don't I don't I don't I don't know that anyone can just become a faceless man. No, no. Right. Right. It's. it's yeah, yeah, it does. I mean, would, theoretically, it seems like maybe it is just an order you choose to go into because we don't necessarily know who does, and Arya essentially chooses to go into it. Mm-hmm, yeah, but that doesn't necessarily mean that anyone can. Right, right, exactly. And actually, I don't know why I just thought of this, so I'm I'm gonna do a quick aside here because as we set this up, I want people to remember that you have what would be when you think of magic, and I'm only gonna focus on three different factions right now, which is like your Targaryens, the Valyrian Freehold, dragons representing magic and the faceless men are doing something which is magical i would say and it seems like so so you have those two entities and then you have the maesters who are pretty much anti-magic right i mean they they sort of besides marwin the mage who we're going to get to they are kind of seemingly that they maester lewin a lot of times is very dismissive of it they want a world that is ordered by science and they're they're kind of against it yeah you know? Yeah, I mean they 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 laugh at Sam. Yeah, they do. 
They do. Yeah. So I, I think so. I want to keep that. I want everyone to keep that in mind. And then their you know. books about those type of things seem to be locked in a forbidden. Section. Yes. Yeah. Or or discarded, not brought up. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And I think it's because it's a society or it's a group of people who, you know, maybe forming or forging that that uh, that last um, link in your chain, the Valyrian link, like Marwin has, is very difficult, and not many of them can do it. So. You know, majority kind of rules. Like, we don't like those people. <laughs> like, if we can, let's try to work against them. So that's some of what you had found. It was a theory that you were kind of, we've talked about it briefly on the show, but it's something we want to tie in here. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it's it's part of a lar- it's part of a larger, um, almost like the Grand Northern Conspiracy, the Grand Maesters um, Conspiracy Theory, essentially, in that they are trying to dismiss magic generally throughout. Mm-hmm. Right, right, exactly. Okay, so let me see here real quick <laughs> before I get too carried away. A couple of things, and this is just to drive home a few points here. Um, so Jack and Hagar there with with Arya, we we kind of know, and this is um, again we've bounced way ahead of the reread, but we know that uh, he is going to see. I guess I, I need to make I need to make my point here. I think that he was intentionally in the cells and I think he was in the cage and I think he knew Arya so I'm not of the mindset that he actually you know was walking outside of the cage saw Jack and Hagar and took over his body Um, I'm not either yeah so I just want to make that clear I just brought that up because I thought that was kind of cool and I think that's sort of an aside uh that's it's interesting and 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 that's something that would be interesting to come back to later yeah for sure for sure but right now even 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 in looking to that a little bit I'm 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 not a, an agreeer of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so now from here we know uh, if you follow Jack and, and you follow his storyline, he we know that he goes um, he and Biter and the other guy they end up you know um, going to Heron Hall and they they flip sides there or whatever and he's still kind of in communication with Arya. Um, he grants her the three names. The whole business goes down there where she she calls two names, kills him no problem. Then she wants to, you know, free the northern men, and he's sort of like, ah, can't do that. Pick a name, and she's like, well, then I'll name you. And all of a sudden, she's like, oh, he's like, oh no, uh, you know, he's like, unname me, unname me. It's almost like there's some binding thing, like it's it's uh, some magic or something that, like, mm-hmm. I mean, he really wanted him, him himself to be unnamed. Um, so he agrees to help her, and she eventually unnames him. He gives her the coin, which is super special, and. You know, he wants her. He wants her to come right then and there, which is something I kind of forget. He actually wants to take her and and train her, and she kind of wants to know about this this power or whatever, and if she could do that. Uh, but she ends up deciding that she needs to get back home, and he says, "Well, if in the future you ever want to, here's the coin, here's the phrase. You know, see you later. We'll 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 meet up." Now, from there, we don't really know what happens to Jack and Hagar, and. The, the case that is made is that his facial, his, his appearance, his face is very similar to, um, in A Feast for Crows, the, um, in the prologue, the alchemist is, is actually after a key. He's trying to recruit, um, an individual to go into the Citadel, go to Maester Walgrave, which is where we're about to deviate here and go talk about the Maesters for a second, but Jack and, who I believe is Jack and Hagar, with the the same description of his face and everything when he changes in front of Arya is the description that Pate in the prologue tells us and there's a bunch of little different phrases where it's like you know he was no one um 
he he says that he's just a stranger. He's he's truly no one. Um, and he gets the key, and he um, he actually poisons Pate with the gold with the uh, with the with the coin that he gave to him, which is exactly the same way that Arya, uh, when she is over in Bravos, makes her kill, makes her you know mm-hmm. with the merchant. You know she puts yep. a coin, a poisoned coin, in there. And so people have looked at that and they said, well, clearly that's a faceless man. Look at his facial description, very similar to Jack and Hagar. It parallels Arya. You know, we're being kind of told there, you know, clued in that this is Jack. And so uh, I buy that and I think that is who he is. So it's, it's one just fascinating that he's after a key that unlocks any door in the Citadel, can get you into any place. This is, and he's getting this from an Archmaester, uh, Archmaester Walgrave. And it's sort of like, why does he need that? what? What is he after? You know, what what is going on? Why why does he need this key? Um, is he not an assassin? Is he is he after somebody? You know, uh, that's that's sort of what you would think, right? But so he's he definitely wasn't paid to kill this this underling, you know, Pate, right? Um, but I think if you were on, let, let's say you were hired to to kill like a king or a queen or or something, you know, the way in which you get there may you other people may die along the way and may need to and he may need to assume their identities uh to get there so i'll kind of leave that thought uh just out there for folks um let's see so now we come to some interesting questions uh which people have asked and i think are fascinating to to discuss who hired jack and hagar and who is he meant to kill or is he meant to kill someone um, and again, this is all going to tie into the Maesters and, and to Marwyn because he is at the Citadel. And he's clearly not there, Sir Matt, um, you know, to be friends with him. He's, he's there stealing a key. I mean, he actually has a, he has a boy go steal it for him. Then he steals that boy's identity and he's it can unlock any, you know, um, door there. So he's after something from the Citadel. So who would be interested in getting something from the Citadel? And, and here's where I'm going to just I'm just going to keep plowing ahead here. Is it all right? Go right ahead, man. I'm, I'm right there with okay. you. OK. OK. So um, a couple people that are put forward, you know, you have like um, Illyrio, um, you're on Greyjoy. Uh, some other people have been put forward. Yeah, m- maybe like um, a Lannister. Um, so we'll see. And I, I would be interested to hear what other people think about who hired Jacken and or even if you don't think it's Jacken, who hired this faceless man to kill Pate to get the key to go into the Citadel? Um, that is is interesting, I, I think, and I would love to hear what people think there. Now, a, a common speculation is that Jacken is in Westeros to obtain a copy of a rare book titled The Death of Dragons. Okay? And the reason this this sort of comes up here, um, in, a, in A Dance with Dragons, Tyrion is, is actually... Um, He's being asked to detail everything he knows about dragons. And remember, I said that in the beginning that this faction or this society is probably anti-dragon, maybe anti-Targaryen. Um, so, <laughs> and, and so like that, j- just, so, so there's two lines of thought here. Either they're operating on their own, someone hired them, and then you look at motive and, and what are they doing there in, in the Citadel. Um, but a lot of people do believe that they are, they're after a special book that is in the Citadel, and Tyrion makes this mention. Um, this is in Tyrion 4, uh, Dance with Dragons. He says, Blood and Fire is a fragmentary 
uh, anonymous blood-soaked tome containing information about dragons. It is sometimes called The Death of Dragons. The only surviving copy is supposedly hidden away in a locked vault beneath the Citadel. Now, hear me out. This is where I'm going to kind of, I kind of have my own thought. Because um, I started wondering, well, why in the heck is he in the Black Cells? And why would Jacken be on his way north with the, um, with the, with the Night's Watch? Okay. And what I'm thinking is, is that uh, we had just read, and actually maybe it's this 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 uh, this next week we're going to read about Sam looking for maps mm-hmm. um, where they're about to go north, and he's talking to John. He's like, "There's there's thousands of books here." He says that there are more books basically at Castle Black than almost anywhere that they would maybe even rival what's at the Citadel. Yep. And Maester Eamon, when he actually leaves in his in his um asked to come back to the Citadel or whatever, he takes some very important books with him that he thinks the Citadel should know about. And that's only just a few that he can maybe remember. He's a little feeble. Um, but there, there are some there that he thinks are significant, and some are crumbling. And I even thought about, when you think about when the maesters were set up in and, and, and Old Town and Citadel, the wall is much older. And I would say the resources and the things that they have, the manuscripts, the maps, whatever it may be, are much older. So if you are Jack and Hagar and you were hired to go to go hunt down um, this book, um, and this, this book is, you know, basically the death of dragons or blood and fire, there might be two places where you could go look. Mm-hmm. One would be the wall, and that would maybe explain why he is with the Night's Watch and he is traveling north. Um, when that doesn't work out, and, you know, Yorin is killed and this chaos, you know, kind of uh, just things go crazy. That plan doesn't work anymore. So now you have to go to the Citadel. And maybe he thought that was harder. And I would imagine that it is, actually. Much harder to sneak around past a bunch of, you know, very intelligent um, individuals. And, and, you know, if, if Marwin the Mage is there, you know, might also be difficult to get around him. I kind of think he may, he might right. actually be an ally. Well, it's <laughs> but, well I think I think the other thing is... Um, when you go to the Citadel, everyone is there. Yeah, there's a lot of people there, and it's busy, but everyone's like, they're all maesters. They're all a little more intelligent. Doors are locked, and yeah. they and they're they're far more particular about the stuff that's there. If you go to Castle Black, nobody cares. If you go to the if you go to the library, if you're like people no. would be like, why are you even going in there? Like, why are you wasting your time? And so it's a total right. it's a total different um scenario. Right. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. So that's sort of the setup there to that in that I think he's going there to get that book, um, The Death of Dragons. Now, now, really, why would he – and Tyrion tells us that it's there at the Citadel, and I'm just making the speculation that I think it's also probably up at Castle Black, and it could be there for numerous reasons. you got thousands of years of history there, so I don't even – you know, and that's just straight me speculating, and it's based up on a chapter I just read where Sam is super stoked, and Maester Eamon's bringing back special books – that the Citadel has never even heard of. I mean, half that stuff that's up there later on when they when they look at Dragonglass and how to how to you know um, kill a White Walker, all all of that knowledge is gone from the Citadel. It's not there. It's actually so ancient that the Citadel doesn't even you know that that's not in their realm. It was never in their reference. It was never in their library. So yeah. Anyways, there's there's that. Okay. Um. Let's see. So back to who hired. Uh, Jack and Hagar, and I'm going to outline, I think, two people maybe who could have hired him or hired 
Well, I really think it's just possibly one person, okay. but I'm going to throw another person in there. So the big one is Illyrio, that maybe he's the individual who hired Jack in. Um, and yeah, there's there's two different um, lines of thought here. He hired him, you know, to just go get the book because he he either he wants that book, he wants a better understanding of dragons. Um, there were other things that Tyrion listed as well. Maybe there's other books that he's trying to get. The book that Maester Aemon is actually bringing down to the Citadel seems like it would be very, a very good book for young Griff or Daenerys Targaryen to have in their arsenal. So maybe there's that. Um, let me think here. So he, uh, so it's either to get that book or, uh, or the faction, the the society, the, the faceless men themselves would want the book. Perhaps they want to know how to kill a dragon. I even thought that if it's not Illyrio, because I don't think Illyrio would would be working counter to the Targaryens. I mean, he set up Danny, right? He he seems to be behind backing uh, young Griff and stuff. So I'm thinking he is pro, you know, um, Targaryen. He's pro or Blackfire, whatever you want to call it. You know, he's he's pro dragons and stuff. So he might want to steal this book just to get it away from somebody else or or who knows what. The other possibility here um, is Euron Greyjoy. And this is where there's a twist that makes things kind of interesting. A lot of people believe that Euron Greyjoy actually hired a faceless man to kill his brother. One, so he could avoid being a kinslayer. And, and two, if it's not just the kinslaying, then it's also just avoiding it, um, the, the idea that he killed the king. You know, and he's just trying to usurp or whatever. Um, it's more more people would rally around him, I guess, if they just thought that, well, um, you know, Balon just fell off in, in, into the ocean. Right. And what's interesting about the phrase into the ocean, when it talks about how he, he, he fell from that bridge and you get that um, sort of that prophecy from the ghost of High Heart, who flat out kind of, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, it, it tells us what's going to happen. He says that he loses uh, like his dragon egg into the ocean like it's almost mm-hmm. as if he just sort of tossed it into the ocean so it's it's almost like he's kind of saying yeah i hired I, hire, I hired the faceless men and it was easy as throwing my brother into the ocean but it cost me a dragon egg so a lot of people have put out the idea that he maybe paid the faceless men with a dragon egg and that they have that they are in possession of his dragon egg which i think is kind of Kind of crazy. And yeah, and here it is. So in the Storm of Swords, Arya overhears the ghost of High Heart telling the Brotherhood Without Banners that she, quote, dreamt of a man without a face waiting on a bridge that swayed and swung. Uh, Balon Greyjoy is later reported to have fallen to his death from a bridge at Pike. Um, now, I don't believe that's Jacken, though. Sir Matt, do, do you believe that? I mean, Jack and Hagar would be all over the freaking place. No, I, it's, it's too many places for and too far of a distance for him to cover. Mm hmm. Yeah, so I, I'm, I'm thinking that's a different faceless man um, who who is there maybe to um, to kill Balon. Right. Perhaps. So, okay. Um, and again, back to those sort of factions. So you have, like, the maesters who are anti-magic, anti-dragon. Um, they've got this this book in their possession. And if, if the maesters are anti-dragon and they're anti-Targaryen in this world of magic, and, and actually there's a lot of proof to that, which is something I think, and I was going to have you pull up sort of your uh, Reddit theory to kind of talk about. Like for years, it seems like they've been orchestrating the decline of the dragons. Mm-hmm. And uh, some people have even put forward, it's not even just confining a dragon 
in uh, the dragon pit or in, in like a, a small space that helped that caused them to diminish. It may have been something that was actually fed to them or given to them uh, because Danny's dragons are confined, but yet they grow. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe that's just magic. Maybe that's uh, that's whatever. But it seems like the maesters maybe you uh, have have been working towards reducing the dragons. And if you didn't want that threat anymore, and you're Illyrio, and you're trying to back the new dragons, the new Targaryen regime, uh, you might want to get that book away from them, or you might want to maybe even send in a faceless man to assassinate one, like the head, you know, the the archmaester right mm-hmm. uh the, the grand arch archmaster right of of the citadel like that would be maybe a big a big deal so and people are probably thinking this is crazy because they don't like like why would you want to take out the maesters i mean they're just these these guys in in uh, wearing gray they've got their chains you know they're not bad guys are they sir matt uh, you know? i think it's up for debate right. man i think we're about to find out i know out. yeah so i don't i mean uh tell me what you got on that on that whole um, okay, so this is this is another enormous theory that we we're not covering here because we're, we're just going to be focusing mostly on Marwin, but there is an enormous Maesters theory, right? Um, so some of this is from a big theory called um, it's from this guy. Uh, what is this? Di Dilopa, uh, the person who wrote this, it won you know an award on Reddit. Um, he says basically that the maesters are doing their best to rid the world of magic. And it seems like they're coming up with the idea that, you know, it's the dragons, right? So, so first let's start off with the case of magic in the universe of a song of ice and fire from the AOS, you know, ASOIF wiki dragons are believed to be in, uh, intrinsically tied to magic in the seasons of the world since dragon became extinct from westeros the power of magic dwindled and the winters grew colder even if they aren't directly caused there's certainly a correlation between dragons and magic so eliminating dragons might eliminate magic um, he says, well, we know that the largest dragon known to man was balerion the black dread Aegon the first targaryen's black dragon who burnt harrenhal since then, dragons grew smaller and smaller. After the Dance of Dragons, the species became somewhat endangered. Many people believe that this uh, that, it, that it was because of the confinement to the dragon pits that was what caused them to grow smaller and smaller. Although this uh, user actually argues that that's wrong. That it's that mm-hmm. actually yeah. the, the confinement of them shouldn't have caused them to grow smaller and smaller. He says, after killing the... Um, um, Reason girl Huzzah, Viserion and Regal are confined and chained in the Great Pyramid, which is the makeshift dragon pit. Uh, it should have been had the same effect. He says wrong because they still grew to full size and grew larger yep. while they were confined. So um, then it goes on a little bit after that. Now, do you want me to go specifically to kind of Marwin or just keep talking a little bit about no, I, how they're because just, I think this. How yeah, they're, how they're, how, it, the, how it is that the maesters are are trying to to rid the world, and I think um, really quick, the maesters are the ones who were there telling the stories about what happened with Aegon Targaryen, and Old Town was really kind of the seat of power of Westeros before King's Landing was created. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like if you look at. Uh, you know, you look at like like the church in our own in our own world, the church was, you know, Rome and everything was such an enormous seat of power. And then as yep. other governments in France and England and all these other things started to rise and become more powerful, the, the centralized church started to lose a lot of its power. Um, yep. And but I mean, there is actually a church as well in, in Game of Thrones. But, you know, if you just kind of think about it as that correlation. 
Yeah. Well, actually, on that on that line of thought, there a lot of times what George says, uh, he's, he's talked about the different maesters who wrote the history texts that we read. Um, is that you have to take it with a grain of salt because it is the maesters, mm-hmm. and the in, even in our own history. Controlling the narrative becomes much harder when you have other factions who can also tell the story. Right. And you say, well, holy, hold on a second. We got conflicting, you know, uh, points of view here or different. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. Different tellings of the same of the same story. So what's what's up with that? So I think that is something uh, I mean, a big the majors a, are struggling with a big a big thing. There is look at Arya's point of view of John's uh, birth and and his upbringing and some of that stuff compared to um Oh God! What's his name? Ned Dane, right? Yeah, yeah. And Arya freaks out, like hearing about that. Wait, what? Like, hearing, right? And hearing so a on different a perspective. Yeah. That's on a small, yeah, like on a small scale. Exec, it's a good example. And then take that to a larger scale. You know, now it's sort of like we we've got to um, get. To, and actually, those two, right? Maybe don't even have an agenda. But if you start to think about exactly, that's like, that's why I bring it up is because yeah. it seems very unlikely that Ned would have an agenda. Ned Dane, right? Would uh, would have an, an agenda for that? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, so I think it is important, like right here, where you're talking about the fact that the dragons were confined. Um, that that maybe wasn't what caused their decline. So I think this goes on to say now. The only thing I will say really quickly yeah. against that is what we know is that being chained up. I think you're ta- they're talking about over generations caused yeah, yeah. them to become smaller because you think about like evolution right they're not eating as much food I agree, yeah. so i think yep. that is the is the argument i don't believe that it was specifically because they were chained up they weren't able to grow full size i still think that they could grow to the their full size of you know so i think there's some evolutionary stuff in there as well yeah and so it's like the maesters i mean over time if that was sort of the thing let's confine them right or, the next generation the would be smaller that too yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, and, and so you're, it's really hard to take one small little example here where Danny's dragons were chained up for, a, you know, however long it was. Like a month um, or whatever. Yeah, yeah a couple, whatever, yeah. couple months at the most. Right, yeah, but they still grew, you know, so I, that, that that is, I, I agree with you on that. That's that's kind of a hard sell, I guess, sometimes. Um, so, yeah, what? Um, let's see. What else do we have here? Okay, so, so this is where we kind of get into the bit with uh and it's funny how this is all connected this is really actually kind of fascinating like this reddit user goes on to talk about how um he's looking for another reason for the dragons to become weaker and um and or stronger uh the theory that dragons were supposed to live free in the skies instead of chained however was created by the maesters so he's making the case that 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 is sort of something that was created by the maesters um for being very knowledgeable they were um pretty far from the mark so here we go and this is where you start to kind of get um like like this idea that maybe we shouldn't trust the maesters because from the get-go and we've always trusted the maesters right we have no reason to really not except for Pycelle and that's interesting because that's been and from the Kyburn. Get-go. yeah and actually I almost trust Kyburn a little bit more I mean because he, he yeah. actually shows a real strong affiliation to Marwyn and actually uh, seems like they both are kind of not on the same page, but uh, they at least have a lot more respect for each other. Um, But yeah, you you would think that these are supposed to be men who are in an order um, that uh, are devoid of like loyalties and stuff based upon their family, you know, uh, family or whatever. Like they're just there to give counsel and advice. And it's actually in a dance with dragons where let me see here. Who is this? 
Lady Dustin, right? And she's talking to Theon. Um, I guess I'll just read this. this is chapter 37. Um, this is the title that is The Prince of Winterfell. As Maester uh, Medric went to one knee to whisper in Bolton's ear, Lady Dustin's mouth twisted in distaste. If I were queen, the first thing I would do would be to kill all of those gray rats. They scurry everywhere, living on the leavings of the lords, chittering to one another, whispering in the ears of their masters. But who are the masters, and who are the servants, truly? Every great lord has his maester, even uh, lesser lords aspire to one. If you do not have a maester, it, it is taken to mean that you are of little consequence. The gray rats read and write our letters, even for such lords as cannot read themselves. And who can say for a certainty that they are not twisting the words for their own ends? What good are they, I ask you? They heal, said, they, said Theon. Uh, it seemed to be expected of him. They heal, yes. Uh, I never said that they were not subtle. They tend to us when we are sick and injured or distraught over the illness of a parent or a child. Whenever we are weakest and most vulnerable, uh, there they are. Sometimes they heal us and we are duly grateful. When they fail, they console us in our grief and we are grateful for that as well. Out of gratitude, we give them a place beneath our roof and make them privy to all of our shames and secrets, a part of every council. And before too long, the ruler has become the ruled. And so that's her initial... It's kind of shocking, right? I mean, you know, just her commentary, her thoughts on maesters. We don't really get that. We, I don't think we got that until until this novel, actually. Um, unless you're just suspicious of, like, you know, Picel and stuff. Uh, yeah. Which I, we, we, you know, should be. We are. Yeah, absolutely. But, but sometimes there's just one batch. There's just one bad guy out of, out of the whole faction, and you don't really think it's the whole faction that could be misleading or manipulating or whatever. But really, in, in a subtle way, she says they are subtle. Um, so now here's something else. She goes a step further. Um, this might even have been when they went down to the crypts because, you know, she goes down to the crypt and she's with Theon for a little bit. Um, let's see here. Quote, that was how it was with Lord Rickard Stark. Maester, uh, um, Maester Willis, or Wallace, uh, was his gray rat's name. And isn't it clever how the Maesters only got, um, or only go by one name, even those who... Uh, who too had who had to when they first arrived at the Citadel. So again, that's sort of like we know that with with Maester Aemon, he's not Aemon Targaryen; he is just Maester Aemon now. Um, that way, we cannot know who they truly are or where they come from. But if you are dogged enough, you can still find out. Before he had forged his chain, Maester Maester um, Wallace had been known as Wallen Flowers uh, or Wallace Flowers. I think uh, flowers, hill, river, snow. We give such names to baseborn children to mark them for what they are, but they are always quick to shed them. Uh, Wallace Flowers had a high tower girl for a mother and an archmaster of the citadel for a father. So it was rumored. Uh, the gray rats are not as chaste as they would have us believe. Old town maesters are the worst of all. Uh, once he forged his chain, his secret father and his friends wasted no time dispatching him to Winterfell to fill Lord Rickard's ears with poisoned words as sweet as honey. The Tully marriage was his notion. Never doubt it. Um, yeah, so then she broke off as as Roose Bolton is, you know, uh, coming around there. So it's interesting. So she's kind of putting forward, you know, we've been covering, I, kind of talking about in our, our Hall series, 
that this southern ambition, um, this idea that you would want to make alliances with the south and possibly drive out the Targaryens, maybe was instigated by maesters. Mm-hmm. And we were thinking, well, it's just the lords. They want to get you know make some unions and some packs or whatever. Do you think Old Town collectively would have enough money to back the tournament? Jeez, I never thought about that. Yeah, I never thought about that. That actually would be kind of crazy, wouldn't it? I mean, I, I mean, mean, he's using wildfire. I'm sure they're not too thrilled about that. They're not too thrilled about the Mad King using wildfire. Yeah, right, right, right. And and you know they've got the Targaryens dwindled down to, um, yeah, to to, to this meager, I guess, uh, you know, lineage or whatever this group. You know, right? It's, it's, right. It's, uh, the, so maybe I don't know. I never thought about that though. That's really cool to think that maybe they. I'm sure the they'd journey. much rather have. I'm sure they'd much rather have. Uh, you know, I mean, with with the Mad King in there, anything could happen. I mean, Rhaegar believes in a lot of this. He, Rhaegar's a student of history, all yeah. this kind of stuff. I'm sure they would right. they, they would much rather prefer him, or even if they if, even if it was Robert Baratheon that they were looking ahead of Rhaegar, and you know, and in that that big Harrenhal here series, which we'll be recording um, the final installment of that here shortly. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. If it was Robert Baratheon. That they are were looking to, I'm sure Robert, like they Robert Rathian could care less what they do over there. Here's well, your here's it, your here's your funding, but do whatever you want. Yeah, and just just in short, really, so people understand that whole series. Originally, when we when we presented the attorney at Heron Hall, we talked about the um, the southern ambition from these northern lords, or just even like the Riverlands mm-hmm. and the Vale, to kind of make alliances and and actually maybe put forward uh, Robert Baratheon as a contender. Um, to the throne. It, it was actually believed that Rhaegar was going to call a council and depose his father. And during that that council, I think he thought, well, obviously people are going to vote for me. But I think the Maesters may have been vying for, if they were, let's say you take um, you know, L- Lady Dustin's sort of word on this, and, and they were the ones who were kind of prompting and pushing this southern ambition, uh, then maybe they would want a Baratheon who, like you said, doesn't really care, isn't like Rhaegar trying to dabble in prophecy and the chosen, you know, all this, right. all this, all this Azor High stuff or whatever, because that just to them is, uh, they, they, I mean, they scoff at Bran and any of the other kids. It's just, they're just, you know, tales. They're just, it's silliness, uh, whatever. So Robert Baratheon would be a better choice. Plus, he actually does have a little bit, uh, a sliver of that Targaryen blood, and he has, slight, uh, you know, a bit of a claim, mm-hmm. um, a, a, you know, down the line-ish, uh, but... Yeah, you, they could make that make that case. So that's kind of crazy. So you start to think about the Maesters in that in that regard and how they are, um, you know, pushing this agenda, and that they're a faction that maybe you would need to work against. And if you're trying to bring the Targaryens back, if the Maesters were truly the ones who were pushing the Targaryens out in a way, now you 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 go back to the faceless man and hiring somebody to go to infiltrate their citadel and get some of their precious artifacts gather some knowledge, maybe even assassinate one of them. Uh, and this is coming from the Faceless Men. The only issue with this is I said at the start of this that the Faceless Men are kind of anti-Targaryen too. Right. You know, and so that's where I think if if the hiring, and this is where I think they could, if, if Illyrio did hire them and hired them to go get this intel, to go to the Citadel, to whatever, to help pave the way for Daenerys or for Young Griff to march back into Westeros, then... I would have to think that maybe the faceless men are either going to honor this, but they may dupe him in in some regard, or maybe they're just, um, yeah. Again, it's Westeros, so maybe it's not as much of a big that they're 
maybe they really don't care so much about the Targaryens anymore because it's Westeros, and they are over in Essos, and they've got their own little spot there. Um, I really think that the Faceless Men also might be anti-Maesters, uh, and, and this whole, you know, if the Maesters are sort of behind everything, and, they're, and they might be more willing to work with the Targaryens because the Maesters are anti-magic, and yeah. they are magic-affiliated, you know? So that's where I kind of think it would make sense that they would be engaging um, in in this um, conspiracy or whatever, you know. So yeah, <laughs> crazy. How have you even talked about Marwin? <laughs> yeah, I know we haven't we haven't even, we haven't even gotten to Mar- we haven't gotten to Marwin. And I knew yet, that was gonna happen. I remember that's I told okay you I was change the you, title. You really have to. Yeah, we have to kind of set it up and talk a little bit about the Maesters and this and the Maesters and the Faceless Men because they are two big factions that we skip over a lot, but they're big and they're players. Yes. Yes, they are. And I think um, just them being the, the storytellers here and, and the way they're so dismissive of magic. And actually, what's what's interesting about um, the, the bit that we just read there, this Maester, I don't think I'm saying it wrong, but Maester, Maester Wallace, mm-hmm. I think is how you say it. Um, he was the Maester before Maester Lewin. No one actually really knows what happened to Maester Wallace. And actually, it's believed that he may still be around or something. Like, we don't really know. Yeah. Um, but in the prologue for A Feast of Crows, you have a maester called Maester Walgrave, and he has a box under his bed, and it is full of these artifacts that people have looked at and said, well, it's strongly, it, it seems like he maybe um, got a, uh, a, a girl from Old Town, maybe even a Hightower girl, uh, pregnant with a bastard child. And then that child was dropped off there and said, hey, this is Maester Walgrave's child. And then he sort of said, okay, well, this boy's going to, you know, grow up in the Citadel. And that Maester, you know, Wallace maybe grew up in the in the Citadel. Um, and, and so that there's there's the connection sort of to, and this is the same Maester, Maester Walgrave, who we are stealing from, mm-hmm. who the, who the um, faceless man has hired has hired Pate to go steal the key that will get him into any room in the cit- in, in the Citadel. Um, not to kill Mr. Walgrave, because it, he's actually so old that he he's me- he's mixing uh, people's names up and and he's just a little delusional. He he gets lost actually, and Pate has to kind of walk him around, and he soils himself and all sorts of stuff. He's right, super yeah. old, you know. Um, so so there's that, but there's an interesting connection. He refers to Pate sometimes as Crescent. He calls him Crescent. Mm-hmm. And Crescent is the maester at the beginning who, of at the beginning of A Clash of Kings. Exactly. And 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 that maester is very much against Melisandre and her magic and very much actually tries to kill her. Mm-hmm. Okay? It takes things into his own hands and says, you know, I'm going to you know, kill this individual. Yeah, although Crescent, I don't know if it uh, it's kind of weird cuz Melisandre is like preaching uh, all kinds of stuff that is drastically different than what is currently over in Westeros. And also, she seems like she specifically has caused Stannis to go down a different path. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, Crescent, I mean, it's it's, there's a little bit more to Crescent than just... And I'm not saying that you're saying that, but I just think for just for some context here. No, that's good. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Um, just so for Cre- I don't specifically think Crescent is just simply against Melisandre's magic. I think it's because it's um, an S an Essos based 
religion as well as it's specifically doing something for Stannis Baratheon. Yeah, and, and he has a loyalty and he's sort of, I mean, I think sometimes these older maesters maybe aren't playing the game as much as maybe some right. of the younger ones are. And he's just sort of, he knows his time is, is at an end and and maybe it's it's sort of an underlying thing where he's he knows the feeling and the vibe um, of Old Town and the Citadel and so he's he's inclined to be anti-magic and, and to try to take her out and he thinks he's doing a good thing. You know, the other thing is too, over time, the Maesters, this guild, may have just almost be kind of like indoctrinated and, and think mm-hmm. that their way is the right way, that they really are doing something good for the realm. And it's not just that right. they're anti these other factions, but they think this is just the way. You, you get to the point where you're so um, full of yourself and high and mighty and you've got the proof and the and the booklets and whatever and we haven't heard about that you lose that you lose sight dragons. of that you lose yeah. sight of the darkness right in front of you. Yeah, that. Man, yeah, exactly. where have we seen that before? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I mean, that's that's um, that's sort of the it's a, it's a cool little connection there. Uh, I I guess just between some of those maesters and who we're stealing from. Now let's uh, bring in uh, Marwin the Mage, and he says a lot of stuff that actually backs up a lot of what we've been talking about here. He himself is sort of an enigma in the Citadel and and, and here at Old Town. He is not. A traditional maester. No. He's actually called Kyburn. Marwin the Mage. Kyburn actually likes him a lot. Right, yeah. And actually him being called Marwin the Mage is is almost a, it's magic, magical, connected to magic. Um, and he's studied it. He has the, the Valyrian link in his chain and all that kind of stuff. Um, so let's just read a little bit about him. It, what's fascinating is when we start to talk about what he believed the Citadel would have done to Maester Aemon mm-hmm. had he made it there alive. He believes they would have killed him. And especially if he's spouting off stuff about the prophecy and the dragon and Daenerys, he believes he would have been silenced. He even tells Sam, he warns him and says, they'll kill you for talking like that. They'll poison your porridge. So he's laying all sorts of foundation that says the maesters are killers. They're going to kill you because you're you're maybe pro-magic. That's a little extreme. I mean, he gets by with it because he's the smartest. And I don't know if he's maybe selling it to... Uh, the other archmaesters that like, look, guys, for us to have a counter to what's out there, I need to go out there and truly understand it. You know, I need I need exactly. to be immersed in blood magic and understand what the rituals are, and what their culture says and and all that kind of stuff. It's just it's purely academic. I'm studying it, but I think he's gotten caught up in it. I think that might have been his selling point originally. And now Marwin the Mage is all caught up in this stuff. And he's got a freaking glass candle up in his room that he's seeing um you know who knows who who is he communicating uh, with with that? Well, it's possible that he to. sees the signs and nobody else believes him. That too, exactly. That too, and he could be, uh, yeah, sort of on, on on an island there. Yeah. Um. Okay. So here we go. So Marwin wore a chain of many metals around his bull neck, um, save for that he looked more like a, a dockside thug. He doesn't really look like a maester, right? So he's got this big um, body. We can go into how, like what he looks like. He instead of wearing um. A robe. He wears a leather jerkin. Um, he's got a bristly white white hair sprouting from his ears and his nostrils. Um, he's he's an old dude. Uh, he's got massive hands. He's he often chews sour leaf and he has stained uh, red teeth. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sam is being led up there by by Aly- by Aliris, um, 
who we believe is the Sphinx, who is actually called the Sphinx, and some people believe is Sorella Sand. It is. It totally um, is. Yeah. Well, and I, I might even make, you know, I, like I've said before, make the case that Sorella Sand is is maybe Rainey's Targaryen. So, well, I'm there. Um, I'm with you on that one, too. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll see. What the, what's that? That's that's A equals S equals R, <laughs> and then it's all a riddle, and it's there's a right. Sphinx in it. Yeah, <laughs> so I don't know. Um, but yeah, he gets pulled in. He gets pulled in here and and is taken. Actually, really, what happens is they know Sam's story, and Alyrus is actually in communication with Marwyn, and Marwyn instead of Sam telling his story um, to another one of the maesters there, they intercept him. Mm-hmm. And I believe they intercept him because they think he would have either been silenced or killed or sent away, dismissed, whatever. Um, and Eamon wants, he's begging Sam to take the books, to tell the story, to talk about Danny, to talk about what's going on beyond the wall, and to to communicate that to the Archmaester. Archmaesters. Um, so, yeah, here we go. But now, as, as Sam walks into his room, um, a fire was burning. Um, there was a copper kettle there as well. It smelled kind of burnt. He then sees a tall black candle in the center of the room. The candle was unpleasantly bright. Uh, there was something queer about it. The flame did not flicker. Even when uh, Archmaester Marwin closed the door so hard that papers blew off a nearby table, the light did something strange to the colors too. So this is the glass candle. This is the this is the... Um, it's it's burning. It, they've not been able to light it. One of the things that they do to maesters in the Citadel is they, uh, one of your last nights is they put you in sort of a room and you're supposed to try and use your mind or whatever and, and light the candle. You can use whatever you want and you, and you try to light it. And it's sort of a lesson to these young maesters that like, look, magic is not real. You know, you, like this you're is, right. this is you, you can't do this sort of stuff. Um so whatever the 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 candle is there and it is, it is burning. Uh, Sam found himself staring. The candle itself was three feet tall, slender as a sword, rigid, twisting, glittering black. Is that? And then obsidian said the other man in the room. Um, okay, uh, call it dragon glass. Archmaester uh, Marwyn glanced at the candle for a moment. It burns, uh, but is not consumed. Sam then asked, "What feeds the flame?" Uh, and then he says, what feeds a dragon's fire? All Valyrian sorcery was rooted out in blood or fire. The sorcerers of the Freeholds could see across mountains, seas, and deserts with one of these glass castles. They could enter a man's dream and give him visions and speak to one another half a world apart, seated before their candles. Do you think that might be useful, Slayer? And he's calling him Slayer because he's heard the story that this is Sam the Slayer. Right. Um, and he said, you know, Sam says, well, we wouldn't need ravens anymore. Right. No more ravens. Um, Right. Okay. So now he says, um, let's see. Sam hesitated a moment and then he told his tale again as as uh, as Marwin, um, Alyrus and the other novice listened. Quote, Maester Aemon believed that Daenerys Targaryen was the fulfillment of a prophecy. Her, not Stannis, not Prince Rhaegar, not the princeling whose head was dashed against the wall, born amidst salt and smoke beneath a bleeding star. I know the prophecy. Marwin turned his head and spat a glob of red phlegm onto the floor. Not that I would trust it. Now, this is great. This is a great line here from him. Um, Gorhan of, of Old Gis once wrote that a prophecy is like a treacherous woman. She takes your member in her mouth and you moan with the pleasure <laughs> of it. 
and you think how sweet, how fine, how good this is. And then her teeth snap shut Jesus. and your moans turn to screams. Jesus. Uh, Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> uh, that is the nature of prophecy, uh, said Gorhan. Prophecy will bite your prick off every time. Jesus. He chewed Christ. a bit. Still, dot, dot, dot. Now think, George wrote this. You know, uh, That sounds about here. right. Yeah, that sounds about right. Right? I think that is sort of a big just sort of smack that says, we talk a lot about prophecy. It's going to bite your prick off. It's really not. It's going to turn on you. Although, he chewed a bit, and then he just says, still, dot, 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 and he leaves it hanging as if, like, well, maybe there's something, but I don't know. I'm not, I'm not all in on on. On prophecy. So, anyways, um, Alaris stepped up next to Sam. Eamon would have gone uh, to her if he had the strength. He wanted to, us to send a maester to her to counsel her, to counsel her and protect her and fetch her safely home. Did he? Archmaester Marwyn uh, shrugged. Perhaps it's good that he died before he got to Old Town. Elsewise, the gray sheep might have had to kill him, and that would have made the poor old dears um, wring their wrinkled hands. Kill him, Sam said shocked why um and that question's never answered actually so um they actually just move right on they don't answer his question as to why and that's the question that we've been kind of answering is uh, is like well they would kill him because they're anti-magic they're yeah. anti-targaryen they've been um one of the things it said later on to somewhere that maester aemon was left up there to die he yeah. should have been called back years ago to be an archmaester Mm -hmm. It's actually such a they they sent him there almost on on purpose, really, because, uh, you know, and I, I think he went there originally, you know, with, because of the whole Blackfire Rebellion, everything going down and going up there. with so now, Raven. yeah. And I can't know. remember. Does he I don't think that he doesn't go to the wall, then to the Citadel, then back like Sam. No. So right. there, I think there's a difference. That's an, that's something to think about, too, is Sam goes to the wall gets the job of yep. steward and then trains with maester aemon and then basically would become they send him to old town so he could become a maester for the watch aemon yes. goes to the citadel to become a maester but his That's right. post is the night's watch and actually before that so interesting uh in the chapter that we're about to cover again next week um the old bear brings up Aemon Targaryen and how he was mm -hmm. should, should, could have been king and that he turned it down. Secretly, right. it was said that he was that they said we can you know um, do something where we can. Do, I think it was the, the High Septon was going to kind of help him renounce his vow and, and make it all good with the faith. Uh, and, th and he he says no, and that's that's how his that's how Egg is actually selected, um, yes. which is which is kind of crazy, right? So you think about that that it was almost offered to him. Uh, and, and and the other thing was too, they wanted him to come in and be, uh, sort of the 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 um, the, the maester there in King's Landing, and he said no. He turned that down, uh, just because he thought there'd be some some he didn't want to put himself uh, in position to get killed or. Well, yeah, that and then there's a, there's rivalry among right. among maesters, and he doesn't want to use his Targaryen blood or or his position there, uh, or think that he got the the post just because. He's a Targaryen, you know that kind of stuff. So even among maesters, there's still some sort of like, right. well, he only got that because of his brothers and his uncle and whatever. Um, so, but yeah, he's 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 ultimately posted uh, in. Um, well, actually, he goes to Summerhall first. Uh, he goes with uh, his oh gosh, Darren, 
Um, and he's there for a little while. Or it's either Summerhall or mm-hmm. I think it's Summerhall. I think it is um, too. Yeah. So so he's there for a bit, and then it's it's when Blood Raven goes to the wall that he goes with him mm-hmm. with Dunk and everybody. So uh, that's that's a little kind of crazy. But anyways, the whole point is that he should have been. He's such a a resource. He's considered the oldest man uh, in Westeros, and and they, they wouldn't bring him back. Uh, why? Because he represents what they are against now there's this faction um if you take what lady dustin had said and that and that really they sent maesters around to the riverlands to the vale and to the north to sort of conspire against the current targaryens and they 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 did it at a time when um you know the mad king's going mad he doesn't have tywin lannister backing him anymore they're at odds with each other it was the perfect time Mm -hmm. to kind of strike at the targaryens and, and to make this happen so uh yeah, so so there's there's all of that. Let me see here. Um, a little bit more. Oh, he, he's kind of just saying. Uh, so Alaris asks, you know, what are you gonna do? And he says, I'm gonna get myself to Slaver's Bay in Aemon's place. Uh, he talks about taking the cinnamon win there, and that's an interesting. Uh, it's interesting that he's taking that that ship uh, <laughs> to see Danny. Uh, let's see. He also and then he tells Sam that he should forge his chain as quick as possible. Um, there, there'll come a time when the wall may need you and they may need a maester. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, define Slayer a dry cell. He'll sleep here um, and he can help you tend the the, the ravens. Um, there's a spot here where he basically tells him not to, yeah, to, to not bring up any of this foolishness, you know, with the other maesters. Just kind of play along. Uh, he tells the Sphinx to look after this one. He says that he w- that he will, and then you see the archmaester just walking down, or you hear him walking down his boots, stomping down the steps. Uh, now, this is what's interesting. So all of that is going on, and they go to find him a place to stay, and he actually ends up staying with a boy. There, there's a boy who walks him, who escorts him to his room, and that boy's name is Pate. And that boy was, was the one who was killed mm-hmm. in the prologue. Yep. And Sam even notes that there was something about the pale, soft youth that he misliked, but he did not want to be seem dis, dis, um, discourteous. So he asked, or he so he added, "My name, my name is not Slayer. Truly, my name is Sam Samuel Tarley." Um, the boy answers and says, "I'm Pate." The other said, "Like the pig boy." Now, what's interesting about literally, literally, Sir Matt, just the line where he says, "Like the pig boy." Earlier on in the prologue, he talked about how much he disliked being associated with that tail mm-hmm. and the tail of the other, mm-hmm. uh, you know, pates or whatever. Um, so it, it's he, he, his his demeanor. Things about him have changed. He's he's different from what we saw in the prologue, and everyone is kind of you know saying that the that the alchemist, the the faceless man who mm-hmm. was asking for the key, um, ha- now now. Um, you know, has turned into Pate. And so here's my question. Why not just kill Pate and and then be in his shoes, be in his position and get the key? Instead, he has the key, Sir Matt, he has the key like at the beginning of the book. Right. And he, if, if he can get in there, you know, maybe he decides, I mean, I guess it's it's one, he got the key out of the... Maybe Peyton knew where the key was at, and he didn't know, so he gets the he gets the key, but then he takes his face because now I can use the key. Maybe he didn't have a way to. Maybe get he had a contract it. for Pate. Maybe he did. <laughs> Maybe he did. Because I mean, are they? I, ju- I don't know that they're just allowed to kill whoever they want. 
like I know, even that's, or, that's what I was you know saying, in order yeah. to get a task. I mean, I, I I just don't know that. We don't know that. We have no idea. They that's... talk about the, They talk about the number of lives and the gods. So I don't know that they can even to get to their objective. I don't know that they can kill. You know, it's like I think if you have an objective, is kill this one person. Um, I don't yeah. know that they can kill two people. Like you know, it's like I mean, think about it. Just like uh, they were in a wagon or something, and then say you mm-hmm. so you rigged you you know you had a bridge set up to fall and then they'd go down like a cliff or something like i don't know if you're i don't know if you can do that yeah because jack is very particular about very i particular. owe you three, three yeah i owe you three no names. more I owe, the, the, that is what is due to the god it's almost like they're keeping a balance like a scale uh situation set up so i agree with you although i think when you go back and you look at like maybe and you say who hired jack in if he wasn't hired and it actually is just maybe the faceless men working against the maesters then that would be fascinating and that they're collecting some sort of, you know, evidence. And maybe they decided to do this because they were paid with a dragon egg. They now are in possession of one uh, because of Euron hiring a faceless man to kill his brother. You know, I don't, that's, that's all the stuff we can speculate. And we don't really know about um, because going forward, I, my, my whole question is, is what is he up to there? Um, has he already stolen the book? And if he has, why is he still there? Why is he still walking around masquerading, you know, as as Pate? If you're just there to get the book, then get the book. But he he must have a, a, another agenda or purpose, or he wouldn't still be there. You know what I'm saying? Because unless he just hasn't found the time, but it seems like a lot of time has not a lot of time, but a, a decent amount of time has right. actually passed uh, from the beginning of this. And actually, you can make there's references to the attacks on. Old Town and Citadel mm-hmm. uh, from the Iron Islands, you can kind of map out like how long it's been. So he's had time to walk around the Citadel and maybe get acquire this book or acquire what he needs. Maybe he doesn't know where it's at and it's taking him longer than he thinks. Um, or maybe he has a different agenda and maybe he's going around maybe he's trying to kill a maester or, or who knows? I don't really... That's the, that's the part that I think is fun to kind of speculate on. And I actually wonder if... One of the things I had thought is... is it's, it's almost twofold here. If he is just working for the Faceless Man faction, then maybe he would want to get the book, okay, about dragons, blood and fire, mm-hmm. um, and, and he acquires that for his own guild. Uh, and twofold here, maybe... You wouldn't think he'd be anti-Marwin, because Marwin is seemingly inclined to the magical you know, realm and, and, and blood magic. And he's been to a shy, he's been to these different places. You wouldn't think that he would be, um, opposed to him, but I almost wondered if let's say the fast, the, the, the faceless men were really, truly anti Targaryen and they wanted to stop that. Well, he might board that ship. Right. I mean, he might, you know, slip into somebody else's face. He might actually take out Marwin the mage. This is my big sort of like like crazy sort of there's a lot of different things that would have to take place, but he could actually get on that ship uh, and that would be a battle of all battles. I don't know how that well, would I wonder, down because, you know, I, I wonder if they're not necessarily so much anti Targaryen as much as they and as much as they just are anti other. I don't want to say, want to say other gods, but it seems like the many face God it works for everybody. Right. Because when because yeah. when. He's giving Arya the three lives. He says that they were stolen from the Red God, not the Many Face God, but the Red God. Shoot, does he say that? Yes, he does. Because the, because they were supposed to be they were supposed to be burned out burned alive, right? Remember that's why Arya lets them out because it's a fire. That's right. 
That's right. So it's kind of hard to tell. Yeah. It's almost and actually they they what's because because cool there's because there's yeah. theories that they actually secretly work for the great other. Yeah, and 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 right and right because because there's I mean they've got ebony and weirwood on exactly their door. I mean, exactly yeah uh, and then you have to ask the question well wait a second like, are, would the weirwood tie them to well, the old I, gods or would it tie them exactly to because I don't know other that's right. the whole and that's a whole another that's another thing as well because some people think that weirwoods actually work for the other the 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 yeah. um great, the great other, other but I don't think yep. so because I don't think that the great other is the old gods I think the old gods are different. And the yep. great other is is something else that I think the children of the forest tapped into when they created the White Walkers. I yep. think, and the or the others, I think they, you know, they are the old gods and part of. And there's then there's the great other, right? It's like that. that it has its mm-hmm. own duality, but it's like a bit much bigger, more powerful thing because it whether it grows or just is what you know. Is what it is. Mm-hmm. So I think there's yeah. there's a lot of differences in factions that sometimes get blurred, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're the same. Yeah, and and again, I think the only reason I bring up the origin there about where they came from and how they were established is is to sort of say, um, because if it is just Illyrio hired them, then the story kind of ends. That you would think of it ends there. He goes in, he gets the book, he gathers maybe some intel, and he's out. But I don't understand why he's staying. I don't I don't get why. A faceless man is still there unless he just hasn't acquired the book or if there's someone there he's right. supposed to kill. Is there an archmaster he's supposed to take out? And the one that Pate is closest to is Maester Walgrave, who is who has lost his freaking mind. You know, mm-hmm. although he is Maester Walgrave was in charge of all communication in and out of the Citadel. I mean, he was the he he was over the Ravens. I mean, he, you know, uh there's even there's even a theory that he could he could shift into the Ravens, actually, which is wild. I don't know that I believe that, but um, so so yeah. So, so you look at that, and it, it's sort of like the other maester that he's closest to now, Pate here, seemingly would be Marwyn. And you're like, well, if Illyrio hired him, and Marwyn is going to help Daenerys, that seems like that'd be a good thing. Like like Illyrio right. would would want that. Um, so I just don't know what his role is going to be here. I think he's a fascinating. Uh, a character to kind of watch and to figure out like what is he doing here in the citadel i i get the whole him coming here to get the the book and they can, that's all kind of speculation that's all uh timing when you had and then after um a feast for crows you had then a dance with dragons where Tyrion drops this bit of information as there's this one special important thing that is at the citadel and like how to kill a dragon would be a pretty big deal you know, like if you had that information and you're an assassination guild, you might want to acquire that. Now, Illyrio wouldn't want you to acquire that, though. And again, I'm going off of if, if Illyrio is the one who would who hired the faceless man right. men to to get the book. I think maybe the guild just wants the book for their own resources. If they knew how to kill a dragon, like what if somebody names you know, um, you know, one of the dragons. Uh, I don't know if you, I, don't, I don't know if that counts if you can name a dragon or not. Right. Uh, but but wouldn't that be kind of wild? So you see what I'm getting at? Absolutely. Like, as as to maybe why who wants that book? Let, and I'm just saying, take it for fact. Let's for just for a second that they want to get that book. If that's the case, then who wants that book? Um, 
you know, if you're Danny, you want to get that book, you want to keep it out of somebody's hands. Illyrio, same thing. If you're the faceless man, well, then you want it so you can maybe use it against somebody or you just have the power there. The maesters want it because they are, again, maybe possibly anti-dragon. Anti-dragon, uh, anti-magic, yep. Yeah. So there's that. Now, my only big thing, and I was just, if, if we're having fun and just speculating a little bit, I was thinking, like, it would be wild if this faceless man tried to attack Marwin the Mage and he just whooped him, mm-hmm. um, or vice versa. You know, even if Jacken were to overcome Marwin and then took his face and became Marwin, right. and then it's not would get access, Marwin the Mage. Would get access to all kinds of stuff in the Citadel. All kind, and Danny. He would get access to Danny because he's going to Danny. So, you know, if you had a book, if you were there acquiring a book that to- told you how to kill dragons... Let's say your target is Daenerys Targaryen. Somebody hired you to kill her. Um, you know, I don't know who that would be. So then again, that wouldn't really be even Euron Greyjoy, nor would that be Illyrio, because Euron Greyjoy is actually sending Vic, uh, his his brother Victorian there to acquire her as his bride. He's trying to make a, a marriage proposal to her. Um, so you, you would have to you'd have to come up with a different individual who has who has hired the faceless men to go after Daenerys. Uh, or it's just them as a faction going after her themselves because she's rising and, and maybe could be, I don't know, maybe it's some ancient grudge. Uh, but it's sort of a wild thing. I mean, it's just sort of a, a like a wild uh, speculation thing because yeah, I, I do often, I wonder what Marwin's going to be up to. I wonder what that's going to be like to see him, you know, there as a counselor. Will he ever make it? And I, and I think about the TV show and I think, well, if he wasn't important enough to bring in to that, like like did he take the place of, you know, Varys, like is like, you know, what I'm saying like Varys was there. We see him in the TV show with with Danny. Um, maybe that's Marwin who's there, you know, uh, in the books as another counselor or advisor, you know, there with with Tyrion or something. I, I mean, you know, if Barristan, whether he lives or dies right. or, or what have you, I think it would be kind of interesting to to think to about. See yeah, yeah, just to think about. And and even, let's say, the Faceless Man doesn't go with Marwin and doesn't try to take him out. What is he doing in the Citadel, and who is he going to kill, or what information is he going to get, and who is he getting it for? And that's what I would love I would love for people to say. I'm more than willing to even do a follow-up on for free on Patreon, just to throw it up there if you guys have thoughts. And I hope somebody's penciling down something saying this is a bunch of bullshit you know, Sir Ezra, I have no idea why you <laughs> led us on this craziness for the last, uh, you know, hour and a half. Um, I hope that individual is writing down a bunch of notes and, and can send all that to me and, and tell me why it's uh, why it's crazy. Um, but do you see where I'm coming from? Absolutely. No, I do. I'm yeah, I'm I'm right. Th- I'm right there with you because it the I I definitely think the Macers are up to something. And I think that yeah. um I don't think it's simply ignorance, which is the way they kind of make it seem is the is the case in the show. Um, I do believe there is a much bigger picture. I mean, think about how quickly the faith, who's also um, not really that big of a deal, see rises to power as quickly as they do and takes over basically an entire book and an entire season you know, or two of the show, right? I mean, that's an arc that Gurr specifically writes where out of this kind of chaos of the War of the Five Kings, um, you know, when, when Tywin dies and Joffrey's dead and then Tommen takes over, um, you know, and Rob's dead and Balon Greyjoy is dead and all this kind of stuff, there's all this chaos going on. Um, 
the faith takes over. They just like completely just out, mm-hmm. out of left field, just take over. So why wouldn't this other player who, which is the, the Maesters who seemingly have, yeah. or who are more organized, more, um, revered, uh, also be big, you know, plotting for power as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and, and so actually, cause I just read, I read something here and I, I want to, I want to pose another question to you, okay? Um, so in the beginning, in, in in a Game of Thrones, they almost hired a faceless man to kill Danny. Correct? Like they were yes. going to do that. Littlefinger kind of talks him out of it because he's he's the master of coin. They don't have the money for it. He found a cheaper, more effective way, and also probably just sort of like, who cares? She's way across there. She's not really a threat. It's one of those things like Robert's like ranting and raving, like, okay, she's not that big of a deal. So they were contemplating it when she had nothing, when she was just no one. She's with, you know, getting married to whatever, and she's pregnant with child. Let's kill her. Let's send a faceless man and kill her. That's crazy, but that's Robert Baratheon, and some people on the council maybe agreed with it. Let's say that someone, I don't care who, you throw out, let's let's not say Illyrio, let's not say uh, Euron, someone hires the faceless men to kill Daenerys Targaryen. Well, I think they would have to go to the Citadel to acquire a book that would tell them how to kill dragons. And so I maybe think that this guy, Pate, you know, who is a faceless man, is is there to acquire that book. Right. And Tyrion tells us it's there. It's very rare. And it's one of the that's hard to find, but he knows it's at the Citadel. Um, it, it's there. Someone has hired him to go acquire that book. Um, or maybe he just needs to acquire it because his task, Daenerys Targaryen, has been named. She is someone who has been named uh, and, and someone who he is sent to assassinate. Well, she's got freaking dragons around her. You may need to take out one of her dragons. You know, yeah. I mean, if that's if your task is to kill her and now she has dragons. Well, that's I mean, what is that worth? Who exactly. has the money to do that? I mean, what's to say that what's to know? say that they weren't paid to take out dragons? That's what I'm saying. I mean, and, I mean, not just, not just, yeah, not just Daenerys, and then by, you know, dragons along with it. But I mean specifically the dragons. Like, well, you know, because yeah. because what good is? I mean, you know, that's a, a question that season eight doesn't really answer. Obviously, uh, uh, where uh, Drogon just flies off with Danny's body, but yeah, there's still yeah. a dragon out there. What the heck's going on with it? If nobody knows how to control it or do anything with it, right? Right? Yeah. Yeah, so I, I guess that's sort of what what, what drove do me. what do dragons eat? Whatever they want, whatever. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, and, and so in, in thinking about this, when we, you know, I'm thinking of Marwin, I was reading through all this kind of stuff. I was doing my research, and I thought, well, dang, faceless men were almost hired to kill her early on. What if, as she grows as a threat, and if you really didn't want her to come back into Westeros with her freaking dragons? then you might want to hire a faceless man to go kill her. And they might want to go to the Citadel to get the book to learn how to kill her dragons to kill her. So I'm just wondering now, and I don't think, and I don't think the person who would hire them would at that point be Illyrio, and I don't think it would be Euron, unless Euron's just trying to, you know, double-cross somebody. Uh, it, you could throw out Cersei, you could throw out the the Iron Bank, you could throw out a lot of different uh, maybe individuals uh, you know who who wouldn't want to see the return of of a Targaryen with her with her dragons. So, yeah, food for thought for the realm just to kind of think mm-hmm. about. You know, um, who hired the faceless men 
to go uh, kill dragons or to get this book or or whatever. And, and again, you kind of have to, for this theory to work, you kind of have to assume that, I mean, it is fairly it commonly, ex- not commonly, it, it's pretty well accepted that that's what maybe a faceless man would be going to the Citadel to get. There are probably other crazy right. awesome books there. Um, but when you look at the text and you say what books were mentioned specifically by our point of view characters that were precious or sacred, that seems to be a pretty big one. And right. that's one that like lets you know how to kill dragons, which is kind of a big deal. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, I, I saw I've rambled. I went on great. For way too long. It's free- but- no, it's it's freaking great, man. I love it. It's crazy, dude. Didn't even touch half the stuff in this doc, by the way. Oh, I know, I know. We're gonna have to come back. We're gonna have to come back. We're gonna have to do some more. We have to do some more green dreams and everything. But it's it's great because we can. um, We still have just Marwin in general, so a lot more to talk about with him and everything. So, um, yeah, this is kind of our. This is what we do. This is our Christmas episode. Um, It's basically kind of like a free. Uh, green dreams which is normally what we do on patreon so we're probably going to be talking mm-hmm. a lot more marwin the mage and maesters and jack and jahar yep. and the faceless men over on patreon and we do have yep. a handful of some episodes on that as well um and just kind of a cool reminder is that if you do sign up to on patreon you get uh, you get access to everything that's there it's not like you just get all oh, like what, sure, goes, yeah. what goes forward it's it's kind of like a library you get to go you get to go visit our our citadel that we got over there so Right, so and and you know just remember it's uh it's Christmas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah. Just kidding. But it it is a lot of fun. We we enjoy connecting with people there, and it it's a fun way for us to kind of not dilute our feed with different stuff like this, and mm-hmm. and keep true to the reread, and also do fun stuff where we kind of stretch it. Absolutely. And uh, talk about things, yeah, all across the series. So and you know what? Eventually, Sir Matt and I yeah would love to just continue podcasting and making more content and just going absolutely freaking crazy like this. Uh, uh, hey. So Patreon is definitely a way to help support, you know, Absol- the podcast. Yes, yes, absolutely. So, all right. Well, as hey man, Merry Christmas. You know, hey, man, this Merry is Christmas. Great. This is you fun. Too, buddy. <laughs> you did a lot. You did. You worked really hard on this doc. Um, we were we were earlier. We we're trying to figure out what we want to do. And actually, it was kind of funny because as was pulling, as was looking through all these docs, and then I kind of pulled up um, the Maester theory, and so it just kind of ended up working out. It that fit. It just fit in perfectly. Yeah. So. All right. Well, hey, guys, we want to thank you for playing the Game of Thrones. In our next episode, we will be discussing Chapter 6, John 1 of A Clash of Kings. Yep, absolutely. We'll be back uh, next week with that. So, uh, And and actually, uh, don't forget, we're posting some more stuff uh, right after this. We're going to be recording more stuff for our Patreon series, so Mm -hmm. be sure to go check that out if you need more. Uh, if you like our podcast, do not forget to subscribe, like us, write a review, leave a comment, or send us a raven at btkcast at gmail.com. We will see you in a week, and remember that the night is dark and full of terrors. <laughs>